Look at us. Look at us. We're just a couple of rural gals trying to create community and entertain. I'm Courtney. And I'm Annalise. And we're Egg's most okayest farm girls. Grab a drink. We're here to help. Hey, Courtney. Hi. Is that canoe paddles behind you? You bet your ass it is. <laughs> Adorbs. It's a canoe paddle lamp. Mm. Because we're rustic like that over here. Rustic. Well, that's the problem we've had. We're also rustic and rural. Like, you know, we are just a couple of gals trying to make dreams happen, but technology is like, no. Yep. Every set of problems we solve, there's a new set, but that's okay. We're here. And we didn't want it. We said we were not going to be the podcast people that talked about all the technical problems we had, but I feel like you just have to know what we've been through, guys. It's like having a child. Before you have the child, you're like, I'm not going to do any of that shit. But then you do. And here we are. Uh, but today we want to talk about crazy stories that nobody should believe. Like if you told somebody this story, nobody's going to believe you. We kind of have one of our own to kick it off. It's not that crazy. We've got some from listeners that are crazier, but we thought we should lead with our own. And we were actually together. That was last weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were together in the crowd. My mastermind dinner that I do for rural women. This is the third one. It was a root and toot and good time. I wasn't going to do another one. But then after last week, everybody was like, this is so great and so much fun. I can't wait to come back next year. So you have to do another one. Yeah, yeah, it is fun. And there's a different group every time. It's just a great way to like take time for yourself and think about what you want. And we have good food and we have drinks and there's a vibe and there's music. Someone reached out to me and said like exactly that. And that that I left enough time for everyone to socialize because that's a big part of what I wanted too. Like I don't want people to just be talked at at this event. I want them to talk with each other. And so for someone to realize like they, they were catching what I was putting out there, you know, they were smelling what I was stepping in. That meant a lot. And I'm glad people appreciated it. Yeah. I have a good time every time. Yeah. We drink too much. It happens. <laughs> And everyone there is so supportive. You can bounce ideas off of everyone and they're like, I know exactly where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. It's really nice. Yeah. So we'll do it again. This leads us to our crazy story. So it was me and you and then two of my girlfriends from college. We were all staying at this fancy boutique hotel. We were super pumped. Look at us putting on the Ritz. We went to some bars that night, but we were like pretty well behaved. We were in bed by 1230. And yep. then, yeah, we were super pumped. The next morning, we're like, we're going to go have Bloody Marys and mimosas and this fancy breakfast and sleep in. Well, that didn't happen because at, it was like two in the morning, I heard you talking and I was like, okay, is this broad talking in her sleep? Like what? Because we've never shared a room before. Like, we are newish friends. And so uh -huh. I didn't expect uh, maybe we got a sleepwalker on our hands. I don't know. <laughs> I finally came to, and you were like, Annalise, the bathroom is full of water. Water is coming down from the ceiling. I didn't know what to do. I like sat there for a good like 20 minutes prior to waking you up. Like, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> like, do, I, do I wake her up? Is this no big deal? Like, do I go back to sleep? What the water is like, I mean, it was allowed, like drip, 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 like, and the bathroom was full of water. So we called the front desk. Nobody answers. 
And then we peeked our little heads out into the hallway and somebody who worked there happened to be walking by. And I'm like, what is going on? Because when I tell you I opened that door to the hallway, I thought we were on the Titanic. Like this ship is going down, water is coming in everywhere. And the lady was just like, well, a pipe burst on the fifth floor. We're putting people up at this other hotel. But if the water's not bothering you, you're welcome to stay. And we're like, well, it's not coming down on our faces in our beds. Let's try to go back to sleep. Must have been. 20, 30 minutes later, the whole, like the fire alarms in the whole hotel start going off. And we and all the other guests head down to the lobby where, again, water is coming through the light fixtures. Yeah. It's like, you guys got to go now, I guess. And we're like, okay, where are we going to (laughs) go? That fire alarm scared the shit out of me. I like jumped out of bed. Mm hmm. Ready it to fight. <laughs> wake up call. T- adrenaline just a pumping. Mm-hmm. Good news is I guess the hotel had minimal damage. Yeah. So yeah, it sent me an email like, oh, so sorry. You know, you, you'll be refunded. And then I messaged them back like, hey, can't wait to go back when things are up and running. And they're like, oh, we're up and running. How? Yeah. Only so many rooms were affected. So I was so worried about the wood floors. <laughs> such a weird thing to be worried about but it's like what about those original wood floors yeah that's the interior decorator in you yes but, i mean also it's a, yeah it's a beautiful place beautiful place that was pretty crazy i feel like i'm just kind of like a shit magnet i feel like you invited me and that's what happened <laughs> so you do have a lot of fun. stories like when we were talking about this episode and Courtney's like, well, I've got A, B, C, like all these stories. And I'm like, do I repress every bad thing that happens to me? Because I feel like all stories I have, they're just like, yeah, that seems about right. Like, that's not a big deal. And you've got story. <laughs> okay, well, should we get into my first one? Let's do it. So this was, I had just had Eloise. She was a baby. I think I was probably just trying to get her down for a nap or whatever. I was upstairs. I hear pounding on the door. I was like, what the hell is going on? So by the time I got downstairs into the door, nobody was there. Mm. So I was like, okay, that was really aggressive. So (laughs) what the fuck's going on? So then I hear pounding on the back door. And so by the time I turn around and like walk into my kitchen, there's just a total stranger standing there staring at me. I was like, um, excuse me, what the fuck do you need? (laughs) Why are you in my kitchen? Yeah. Like what did you say? Like what did you kind of like black out? Like I would have been so scared. I was, I was like, what is a strange man doing? Like he was just a middle-aged man and he just kind of stared at me for a while. (laughs) And he was like, oh, um, I just noticed like you've got a cow out there who's I think having troubles uh, pushing a calf out and now at the time I Aaron's father had his Angus herd next to us mm-hmm. and it was dead winter he's like well I just I used to farm so I just know and I was like um first off it's not calving season if it's the middle of winter <laughs> if you were a farmer around here you would know that And yeah, like Angus are so fat when they lay down, like their butthole sticks out a little bit sometimes. And that's what he was seeing, I guess. So I was like, okay, thanks, sir. I'll take care of it. I'll go check it out. And then he just kind of stood there and stared at me. And I was like, okay, get the fuck out. (laughs) And then my dog, bless her heart, she... 
<laughs> was my just beautiful angel pit bull dog and she was just freaking out and basically like chased him out because he was like totally hesitating and i was like get out <laughs> like what yeah thanks for the message so so i thought that was strange very strange this actually see now i thought of a story you tell me a story i think of one so i think it was this last fall maybe the the twins had just started 4k so tom and i are like sweet we have daycare we have the time to like go out for lunch have a date mm-hmm. so we're going down our driveway our driveway is pretty long there's a culvert at the end there is a woman and her dog sitting down there in the water and i was like what the like why is there a woman in a culvert at the end of our driveway and i was yeah. like tom get out <laughs> go talk to her <laughs> and so he does And he's just like kind of looking back at me and he's getting on the phone and I'm just like, lock the doors. What is happening? Letting Tom just fend for himself out there. (laughs) Good luck, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Later, like a a cop car shows up. Tom gets back in the truck and this woman was cooling down because her and her dog were running away because her boyfriend killed her parents. She was convinced. And then she's talking about, yeah, do you hear that that airplane that just flew over? Like, they're looking for me. Everybody's out to get me. I have to hide. So she had some mental issues, but it was quite like like, everyone was like, what? Oh, no. Yeah. Well, shit. I mean, she wasn't in my house. I'm glad I'll take the culvert any day. You stay down in that culvert. I don't want anybody. (laughs) Right. At least she didn't walk in. That is fucking, that's nuts. Right? The cop said this is not the first time they've like heard this story or had something okay. from her. So I don't know where she yeah. is now. God bless. I hope she's okay. Yeah, no kidding. So that brings me to my second story of a random stranger entering my house. This was shortly after the first time and I was upstairs again, probably tending to my baby. <laughs> right? And I heard loud knocking again, and so by the time I got downstairs, this huge, really tall Amish man was just standing in my kitchen again. Kitchen like just a vortex of like come on in. Like <laughs> <it's> welcome. <laughs> come on in. Everyone's welcome here. Yeah, he was just standing there and he's like, "Do you got a bulk tank for sale?" I was like, what are you even talking about, dude? No. I was like, uh, I think you need to go down the road. I sent him to Aaron's shop because I knew Aaron was there. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see if, like, if he would actually stop there. And uh, he did. So I think he literally was looking for a bulk tank that he like saw an ad online or something. It was at a different farm. But Aaron was like, dude, my wife almost shot you. Like, you can't just walk into someone's house. Do you? Are you a... Do you know how to operate a gun? No. (laughs) Like, I've tried. Same. My husband has like a little pistol that I tried to like shoot a pop can with that was just like on the ground like two feet away and i missed mm-hmm. tom got me a really Not cute good. Uh, he got me a really cute turquoise handgun for my birthday mm-hmm. and so we've been we've pr- i shouldn't say we have been practicing we practiced and that's just it i need to get more comfortable with it i need to do it regularly so that right something does happen i'm like bam right now right. I'm just with knives <laughs> Oh my god, that huge Amish man. I'm staring at him like, if you wanted to hurt me, there's no stop. Like, you are huge, like, probably three times me. And I was like, just standing next to the knife drawer, like, (laughs) ready to pop off. (laughs) Like, 
like such a weird but probably common thing in rural America. Like I know just at the farm, salesmen or people that want stuff or like we've had people because we milk 24 hours a day. So the parlor is always running. There's always people in there. There's always people like it's warm. Mm-hmm. Had people just come in and sit in the parlor. I think they can just waltz right in. It, one time it was a drunk guy who just wanted to warm up. So we live out in the country, but like downtown and where the bars are, it's probably like, mm, I don't know, three, four miles. So it was like dead of winter. He was trying to walk back to his house, got cold, thought, oh, the light's on in the barn. I'll just go sit in there. So that was weird. Tom ended up giving this guy a ride home. And then the guy was like, hey, man, oh, that was nice. weed. And Tom's like, no, I'm just going to go back to work now. Oh, my Lord. Like farms are not open to the public. No, it is private property. It is our like it's our home. Yes business but it's also our home you can't just come in like we had another lady stop by it might have been this crazy lady i found in the culvert because she wanted to like pet the calves because she thought it would help with her anxiety or whatever she had going on which yes maybe so but you can't just stop on someone's property no and try and pet their animals like come on yeah it does make you some common sense a new business venture like Come pet these calves. You can pay. I'll let you feed these calves. Oh, hell yeah. You can do chores. Right? Get it done. <laughs> Speaking of just random people showing up at your farm. So when we redid part of Aaron's shop for these pop-up events, like we had our freezer and our meat freezer and people can stop by and buy beef. But like we were not and still are not open to the public like all the time. Like we just have like twice a year we open up our shop. I was at my in-laws. It's right. Their house is right next to the shop. And I'm looking out the window and there's just like a running truck there. And Aaron's not there. All the lights are shut off. So I'm like, what is going on? So I walked into our finished shop and there's just a woman like wandering around in there in the dark. In the dark. Didn't even turn on the light. No. She was just like, where's your beef? Um, okay, we're sold out. Yeah. And like the lights are not (laughs) nobody's here. I don't know. It was fine. I'm not mad about it, but it's just like weird to me that you would just show up and all the lights are turned off and no one's there and you'll just wander around. Yeah, I don't understand what goes through some people's minds to think, yeah, I'm just gonna do this. I'm just gonna open the store. The lights are clearly not on. Clearly they're closed. Yep. Now we lock our shop. So, <laughs> and what about your kitchen? What about the doors to your house? We locking those up? <laughs> I'm locking that. F- I'm locking that door. <laughs> I didn't think I would have to do these things, but I guess you do now nowadays. Yeah, this is the world we're living in, even yeah. in rural America. Which can you mm-hmm. imagine though, living in this city? Like these are the stories we have. But I, oof, I wouldn't last a minute. I'd be so scared all the time. Well, I think they actually lock their doors. True. Is the difference. <laughs> like the door cam things now and Yeah, yeah. Lots of we did install a lot of cameras mm-hmm. after all, all these things took place. Just had friends over last night and we were talking about installing cameras and Tom's like, Yeah, I've looked at some too. I was like, Oh, you have? Like I like that you are worried about me. And he's like, Oh, no, I meant for the farm. <laughs> That's something Aaron would say, too. (laughs) Turds. Men. Okay, let's change gears a little bit. Okay. I am going to share Ellie's birth story. So this is just totally opposite direction here, but it was quite the experience. So I need to share. 
So I'm in labor with my oldest daughter. She's eight now. It had been hours. Like there was no progressing. I was like eight centimeters for a long time. My OB doctor did an ultrasound quick. He's like, oh, yep, she's sunny side up. Sunny side up. Like he did the ultrasound on my tummy and it's it was just like her eyes. Like I could see her face. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so that is not the optimal position for pushing out a baby. Right. It's really difficult. So he's like, okay, well, here's all your options. And so I decided that he should try and flip her inside okay. of me. Well, like, And they do that with their, just their hands, right? And it is very- right. Just like a just like a cow. It hurt so effing bad. I was like screaming bloody murder. So he's trying to flip her for me. All of a sudden, all the alarms started going off. Like she was in distress. He's like, what the hell is going on? And then he realized that the cord had fall, like the umbilical cord had fallen, slipped out. So like her head was cutting off blood flow. Oh my gosh. It's called an umbilical cord prolapse, which, and it's super rare. And I remember reading about it just a few days prior to giving birth. And I was like, oh my God. Read all the things and scare ourselves. Yes. Yep. Scare the shit out of ourselves. But I was like, oh, it's so rare. Like that would never happen. (laughs) Wrong. In this situation, they like flip the mom so that her face is down and her ass is like up in the air mm. on the cot so okay. that you can take pressure like off the cord. Oh. My naked ass was up in the air. My OB doctor like hopped on the cart with me and had his arm like up my vajayjay holding yeah. like <laughs> holding Ellie's head off the cord and we like rode down the hall this way. Yeah. You are on the move. This is how, oh my. Yeah, naked ass and all. And well, okay, at the time I was not thinking this, but afterwards I was like, my whole family see my like bare ass, like everybody in the hallway. Everything. Anyways, I didn't care at that point. So of course, once they flip me, like I have, I've struggled all since I was 18 with a heart arrhythmia. Mm -hmm. By flipping me over, they like induced my heart arrhythmia. Shit. So not only was like this crazy shit going down with my baby, my heart was out of control. So then more alarms started going off and we're just riding down the hallway like crazy. So they finally get me to the OR and they have like, they say you have like 30 minutes to get the baby out Mm -hmm. for it to survive. So he's like cutting me open. Of course, there's no OR crew. Like, it's a rural hospital. They have to be called in, and there's no way they're getting there in time. So he is just... Slicing and dead. Yeah, he is there with some labor and delivery nurses. Like, bless their heart. He's never... And he was like an OB doctor of 35 years at the time. And he's like, this has never happened to me. So anyways, he gets Eloise out by C-section. She's not crying. It's just silent. And so I'm like laying there freaking out. I'm sure it was only like, gosh, I don't remember, like five minutes, but it felt like an eternity. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm just laying there like, it's been too long. I can't imagine. Yeah. So it was very scary. But the RT, the respiratory therapist, got in there, did his magic work. And he was like, is my coworker. 
or he was for like 10 years. So I still like, we still talk about this together. But yeah, he just revives my baby with the BiPAP machine and she is totally fine and just like a perfect little girl. Oh, I forgot to say too, like (laughs) while they were rushing me into the OR, my heart was freaking out. And in order to fix that, they give a drug called adenosine Mm -hmm. and that like stops your heart and restarts it. Oh god. So so they give me this drug. It's kind of a big deal, but the CRNA like gives it to me and I don't know if she even said she was giving it to me. There was a lot going on. Like I and I did not give a shit. I was like do save my baby. Yeah. yeah, do whatever you have to do. So giving adenosine like makes you feel like you are dying because basically you are. Like yeah. it stops your heart. I thought I legit thought like I was dying. Oh my gosh. It was fucking crazy. <laughs> that is wild. But yes, so they like converted my heart rhythm. They saved my baby. All was well. Woo. How about that ride in? Like <laughs> Welcome to the world. <laughs> yep. My first pregnancy, my first delivery and mm, I that's how it went down. Birth story of the twins is a little wild too. I like the phrase how about that ride in is exactly what I said to Tom after they came. Because yeah, I had the twins, they came, they were preemies, so 31 weeks they came and I actually had a C-section because they're like, look, you can do this naturally, but then there's a chance like once one comes out, the other could flip and like be breached and then we got to do a C-section anyways. I was like, we will take one opening, please and thank you. <laughs> Right. Do the C-section. Do both. Yeah. So we did that. And then I remember just laying there because they take the babies right away. I remember asking the nurse, like, is everybody okay? And she's just like, we're doing the best we can. And I'm like, oh, well, that doesn't feel good. So like, yes, that moment of like when you don't hear your baby crying or whatever, like you're just like, oh my God, it's happening. Everybody terrifying. Yeah, everybody was okay. So they then were in the NICU here locally. You know, our hospital is like 45 minutes away. And it was like a week. We were a week in. And then I went to go visit Sage and Lane in the NICU. They're like, look, something's not right with Sage. We have an ambulance coming. We need to rush her to the children's hospital. Um, She ended up getting... It's called necrotizing endocrinitis, which is common among preemies and also common among preemies that are formula fed because, yes, I am not a mother that breastfed. I just didn't want to, okay? And had I freaking known this, if someone <laughs> said like, hey, uh, preemies are, you know, prone to this and prone to this, if they're formula fed, maybe you want to squeeze those titties a little bit, I would have <laughs> Yeah. I didn't know. So whatever. Mm -hmm. This endocrinitis, whatever. Basically, her intestines fuse shut, so she is not able to digest food. She was in the NICU in Madison, which is two and a half hours away from us for five months Mm -hmm. of her life. And she had to have three surgeries. Oh, my God. Yeah, it it took three surgeries before they finally got all the dead fused together intestines out. I had no idea. You would never know. She looks like a beautiful, healthy, happy little girl. And the girl is making up for it now. She can eat. <laughs> good, I'm good like her. she really didn't get to it. It was all, you know, like IV nutrients and stuff. So yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, five months. 
right? I that first year, like I actually went to the doctor like after both twins were home and then it was like normal life, you know, because before that we're just like we're doing what we got to do. This is just it. It's a nightmare. Like one day it'll just be a nightmare. Um, But mm-hmm. once the twins were home and then it was like, OK, this is regular life. I have twins. I'm a mom now. Like I had gone from full time farmer to now full time mom. And that's actually when I got postpartum depression. And went and saw my doctor and got on meds because I think there was just so much adrenaline for those first five months, you know. And then once, mm-hmm. like, we got home and settled and I could, like, actually think about life, that's mm-hmm. when it got weird. Yeah. Birth is weird. Motherhood's weird. It is. I envy those women that have, like, fun pregnancies and then their delivery. They're like, yeah, I barely pushed and it came right out. Slide it out. Yeah. And then they like breastfeed without any issues. And I'm like, just so jealous. Right. I actually went through postpartum depression as well. Like, did you? I had major anxiety and I didn't realize it for a really long time because when they describe like postpartum depression at your doctor's appointments, they're like, do you feel like harming your baby? Like, I feel like that's all they asked me. And I'm like, well, no, I don't. (laughs) But I had major anxiety and just was struggling. And somehow it just got missed. Finally, I went in there and I was like, okay, I, I need help. Good. Yeah, we gotta we gotta brighten this day up over here. We just told sad stories. <laughs> this podcast is supposed to be fun. We will make you cry and laugh in one episode, <laughs> in one way or another. A roller coaster of emotions. Yes. Well, should we go? Let's read some crazy stories we got from followers. Okay, that's a good idea. This is a ghost story, my friends. Oh, I can't wait. We lived in the mountains of New Mexico at the time. Our property was an original homestead from 1912. We built a new home on the land. Local historian told us that the homestead was unable to make a go of it. We were first to live on the property. We had been in the house a couple of years, and my husband had to travel to D.C. Around 3 a.m., my Westie started growling at something by my bedroom door. I saw what looked like a person with a blanket on their head. My first thought was, it's my 13-year-old son. I called out to my son, but no answer, and then it was gone. I finally got brave enough to run upstairs and check on the kids. They were all sound asleep. So then I worried that my husband died and came to visit me. (laughs) It would not be, actually, it might be my first thought, like, ah! Tom, (laughs) he's coming to check on me with a blanket on his head. (laughs) I wanted to call him, but he would have been furious if I woke him up for that. So I laid awake until five in the morning so I could call my husband in D.C. He was fine and thought I was nuts, but the dog seeing it helped my credibility. Some months went by and my husband left again for travel and the same thing happened. Dog growling and the figure moving and then it was gone. I decided he was harmless and was just checking on me. My mom visited and spread holy water. Seemed to help. When we moved back to Wisconsin and sold the house, we failed to mention it to the guest. (laughs) We failed to mention the guests. They sold the house and did not tell anybody. I wouldn't tell anybody either. You want to sell that house. Shit. I don't know. There might be rules about that for like disclosing, but I don't know. I don't know what the rules are. Right. Did you watch that one movie on Netflix? Can't remember what it was called, but this family had moved into this house and at first they thought it was haunted, but then there was like actually people like living in it and harassing them. It was super creepy and weird. Oh my God. Yeah. What movie was that? Might have been called like The House or something. I don't know. If anybody knows, message us. (laughs) 
because now it's going to bother me. Right? That is freaky shit. That gave me goosebumps. Mm-hmm. I don't like ghost stories. I Like, I like the idea of spirits and some, like, I like to believe that there's something after, right? And so when I hear stories like that, or maybe not that, because that's a scary one, but I've heard plenty of, like, I don't know, people getting messages from the other side. Like, that makes me happy. But I yeah. do. And if any spirits are listening now, don't pick me. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to be picked. Hear them from other people but I don't want to see anything. Sometimes like cupboards and drawers and weird things are open, but I'm always like, ah, shoot, I did that. I probably left that open, which honestly I probably did. But I Mm -hmm. I think I purposely try to be very oblivious to things. Me too. Okay, we ready for another one? Yep. This is a college story from someone. Flashback to being a poor college kid with zero friends. There was a girl in my class who was five to six years older than me, married, and we became friends. Fast forward several months, she invites me out to supper with her and her husband because we finished a huge project. And if he went with us, we would have a DD. We do supper and go to a bar and have drinks. Then she suggests I stay the night since it's late and the drive back to my house is 30 minutes. I go to the guest room. She comes to see if I need anything like girls do. She flops on the bed. Then her hubby comes in and it turns out they want a girlfriend for the night and thought I was a great choice and open their treasure chest of toys, which I had assumed was a TV entertainment center. Meanwhile, my head is about to explode. I sobered up so fast, drove myself home, and I couldn't even drop the class. So still had to see her twice a week for the rest of the semester. Oh my, a treasure chest of toys. She thought it was an entertainment center. Like, these were seasoned veterans. If they had, like, you know they've been doing this before. Yeah. Ugh, like, I don't like that. Ew. And why would you just assume someone was, like, down for that? Yeah. Like, maybe bring it up before. Like, how rude to bring her back. <laughs> oh, how nice of them to worry about my well-being <laughs> and getting home. And let me rest my sweet little head here. No, psych. Here's a treasure chest of toys. <laughs> Right. Actually, we just want a threesome, so. Oh, that poor girl. Talking about sobering up real fast. (laughs) Real fast. Here's another one for you. You know, we had asked people on Instagram and the first message I got was, I was once at a funeral and we were at the graveside service and a little kid fell under the casket. The casket was still up and hadn't been buried yet. And I was like, hold on, lady. You need to write me the entire story (laughs) on these details because I have questions. So then she writes, I was attending a funeral for a distant family relative. It was obviously a very sad moment and day for everyone. There was your typical funeral service and funeral home. Everyone then traveled to the cemetery for the graveside ceremony. The pastor came and shared a few words and prompted everyone to say their final goodbyes. The woman who had passed away had a granddaughter that was there with her two sons. I want to say the oldest was about three or four years old, and the younger boy was not even old enough to walk. The granddaughter, the boy's mom, was talking to a family member and got distracted. Meanwhile, I'm watching from a distance. I was about 15 or 16 at the time, and I knew who the woman and the boys were, but not well enough to scream, Get your kid out of the way! He's getting really close to the casket! Oh no. A little set-the-scene moment for the casket was it like it was elevated from the ground and then had some sort of velvet fabric along the bottom to kind of make it look nicer and then hide the hole in the ground. Well, I see the boy standing behind his mother right near the casket and she is still talking to the other person. Then I see him reach his hand out 
to the fabric, and then he took a step closer, lost his balance, and just fell right through the little velvet fabric into the hole. It took like maybe a minute for everyone to realize what had happened because there was just like a thud. I was too stunned to speak honestly. It could have been way less than a minute or more than a minute. I'm not sure, but I felt like the world stopped. I had no idea what to do. Then the dad rushed in near the hole. Um, the boy started screaming. Everyone was rushing to see what happened. And the dad eventually got the boy out. The boy was overall okay, just had a minor concussion. It broke his collarbone. Oh, Jesus. It must boy. have been a deep hole. Wait, how deep are those holes? Don't they say eight feet, six feet under eight? Oh, that's that's quite the fall, man. Yeah, this little boy. I hope he doesn't ever remember it. Also, how funny would it be if he ended up like becoming a funeral director or something? <laughs> Or a grave digger. <laughs> An embalmer. Yes. <laughs> Tom Cousin is a mortician and funeral director. And now I feel like, because she's got stories. If you ever want to have a good conversation, find yourself a funeral director. Because one, they have the craziest sense of humor. Like you have to, right? Oh, yeah. It's required. And they have the best stories. So I'm going to have to ask her if she's ever witnessed something like this. Good Lord. I would just panic. Like, what if no one saw and they like lowered the casket in? Right? Oh, where's Johnny? Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God. Oh, new fear unlocked. Right. Thank you for this story. <laughs> I've got one more that's a great one. We can't go one episode without talking about poop. So here we go. So this comes from a farm her who wants to stay anonymous. <laughs> so during milking, had to go duck outside to go. Uh, There's no bathroom. Pop in a squat and our neighbor drives up and just started chatting with me. It was pretty dark out. So don't think he actually knew what I was doing. So I had to calmly try to get my pants back up while not missing a beat in the conversation. <laughs> and so I asked her, I was like, oh my God, like, were you pooping? And yeah. she said, yes, <laughs> she was pooping. I was done and just trying to wipe when he rolled up. I was ducked between a shed and parlor in the back corner. He came walking right up to me, still squatting, and was like, how's it going? <laughs> oh, my God. And then she said she started picking the tall grass and said, I'm going to go feed the calves now. <laughs> wow. I have peed outside many a times. Many a times. Have you ever shit outside when i was wilderness camping like when i was younger but you have no choice right i have an incident oh no <laughs> i was still in high school or college because i was at my parents house like after dinner i don't know sometimes we'd go for walks sometimes it'd, like my mom and i would go together sometimes i would just go mm -hmm. sure in this instant it was just me whatever i don't know what we had for dinner that night but i start walking things get moving and like it's kind of one of those like you get a little sweaty <laughs> you know like, yeah you get like the goosebumps like <laughs> like a dog situation it's something <laughs> thank god it was summer and the corn was tall because i just ran as fast as i could to the middle of that cornfield let her rip. We <laughs> we've all been there did you use a corn stalk to wipe your ass sure okay. did yep <laughs> not really ideal <laughs> nope nope definitely not and then i just went about my walk and went home and took a shower <laughs> oh poor girl was your mom just like what is 
anyone like I for the longest time like I think I've told the story now when I've talked with people about poop but yeah for the longest time I was just like nothing happened it was a normal walk don't worry about it (laughs) oh boy that's great all right I have one more story for you and then maybe we will wrap this up when my husband and I got married our pastor showed up late and drunk he skipped over my husband's vows and kept saying amen brother he felt Sleep in the pew when we did our unity candle and was then escorted away by the police when we finally got through the ceremony. We then officially got married at a reception. So, like, this guy did not finish the job. Uh, Luckily, her husband has an uncle who's a pastor and then he, like, officially married them. So I was like, my God. I was like, I need to know more. Like, whatever happened to this guy? And she says, it gets even better. The reason we asked him to marry us was because he confirmed me and his dad married my parents. So it was supposed to be kind of like special, a tradition. It certainly was special, but just had a different kind of special than we were expecting. He then refunded us our money, which, uh, do you have to pay to get a pastor to marry you? You do. Did we? I might have. Yeah. I don't remember. Mm Mm-hmm. So they got the refund, and a year later, he messaged me that he was admitting himself to a rehab facility for alcohol abuse, which is great for him that he was doing it for himself, glad he was getting the help he needed. But then she she writes, so many people told us they loved our ceremony, and we can definitely laugh about it now. Some people were like, yeah, you know, usually it's just the drunk uncle, but uh, you can't have a drunk <laughs> pastor. One hell of a marriage story. <laughs> Is this on video? Because I would love to get my hands on that video. I sure hope so. Like, not even to just see the pastor, but can you remember, like, I would love to see everybody's reactions in the audience. Like, the eyeballs that must have just been tossed around. Well, I mean, I don't love that he was addicted to alcohol, but but a great story. Exactly. Great story. I hope that he got help. I hope he's uh, doing great now. Yes. And hopefully maybe found a different profession. You, You can't go back from that. Right. Uh, well, with that, I think I'm going to go get a drink. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Whew, I need some coffee after this whole like conversation. All right, friend. Well, you have a day. You have a day. No pressure. Just any day. Just a day. Have the day you deserve. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Peace out, homies. Bye. Guys, thanks for hanging out with us today. If you had as much fun as we did, would you do us a favor and share this episode with a friend? Speaking of friends, can we all be friends over on the Instagram? You can find me at at Mod Farm Chick. And me at Mrs. Green Pastures Cattle. See you next week, guys.